0: Dude, shout out to a simpler time in America when all of us were captivated by the California raisins.
1: Live from the Finley
2: Toyota ESPN Studios, it's the Press Box Summer Edition.
0: You know that mediocre generic sound you've been looking for? Well, listen to this.
2: With... Adam Hill, Q, who are these guys? This new version was a sloppy mess of half-famous
1: randos. On ESPN Las Vegas.
3: (laughs) Oh, it is. The custom custom welcome, custom greeting for Adam Hill and Q. What is going on? It's the morning. It's the mix-up of the stations. This is wild. I don't know who's program director at this station, but this is out of control right now. Good morning, everyone. Press box. We are different people.
1: Yeah, we're definitely different people, and yeah, that that program director needs to be sat down and talked to, man. That guy's got some issues because there's a lot of moving parts going on around the building. But this is a lot of fun, man. And uh, anytime I get an opportunity to hop into the press box and then share the share the show with Adam Hill and Jared, man, I'm good to go. So uh, let's have some fun this morning.
3: Sure, and you also get the unique experience, and I know. Listen, I've done, I've been on the show a couple times, and we always uh, make the reference. This is. Not my comfort zone. I this I am, I am usually like just getting to sleep right about now. <laughs> uh, so it's a little different, but it's fun. Next two days will be in here, mm. so uh, enjoy the mornings of the low energy grumpiness, I suppose. But uh, it, it'll be fun. It'll be a good time, and so much to talk about, so much to get into. We were both out at the summer league last night, yeah, and a uh, lot happening in town. Big day in the NHL as well. So I guess let's just start the first bite.
0: What should the Golden Knights do in free agency? <laughs> that's, a
3: very, that's a very loaded question. I mean, they have they have work to do first. so they can't you know in the past they've done a lot of you know big splashy moves and they've been at the forefront of you know trying to be aggressive and make a big make a big play uh, early in free agency in particular. not the case this year. I mean, I think there could be some movement and there could be some moving pieces for sure with this team. And I think there is some adjustments and some tweaks that need to be made to the roster. But first things first, I mean, they have to figure out a way to solve some cap issues. Because, yeah, they're a little bit under the cap right now, especially getting rid of of Dodonov. But that's not including the fact that they need to bring back the guys that are already in the mix, starting with Riley Smith. And if Riley Smith is going to resign and there is... Some kind of loose reporting out there that he's going to resign with the Golden Knights, and he's already agreed to a verbal deal uh, with the team ahead of the start of free agency in two hours, so we'll get you updated on uh, anything that goes on in the NHL uh, during the show, but if he's back in the mix and the deal is about what we think it is, that's it. That's their cap space.
1: Yeah, they don't have a whole lot of of money to work with after uh, Riley Smith, but I would think, Adam, that's got to be the biggest Right. That's the biggest key to the whole cog. I mean, they've got to find a way to get that done. I mean, that that to me is like priority number one, regardless if it's announced immediately or like you said, they move the money around so they can still have some wiggle room with some other guys. But that's got to be priority one.
3: Yeah, I would think so. And there's a couple other guys that are, you know, restricted free agents. And and we don't you know, we don't expect uh, them to lose those guys, including like a Keegan Colasar. Uh, mm-hmm. We don't expect them to lose those guys. They're going to be back in the mix in some shape or form. We think <laughs> so. Now you've got to start creating room for them. So I, I would say, don't, you know, don't get yourself uh, into. Okay, who else are they going to add? They might have to subtract first. Right. Like, don't right. start getting excited about what they might add because if they do, that means some guys are gone. And I know. It's still I know it's it's five years in now. It's huge though but it's still it is still a learning process for major league sports fans to right. know that it's a business and I you know I know a lot of people thought, hey, this is different, this is this is a family, and this is our family. Well, it also is still a business, and everybody knows that, and uh I know I know people have their favorites and they're tied to guys, and they've gotten used to it a little bit at some point, but this happens.
1: No, it does, and and you're right. I mean, any professional sport is all about a business, and everyone always likes to talk about the family situation, and, you know, hey, this is all different. This organization's ran differently. But, man, how big of a, you know, free agency is this? You have a, a brand-new coach, right? I mean, you have a new new coach. Obviously, last season didn't end the way that that any Golden Knight fan wanted it to end. So now, all of a sudden, any fan out there is looking for the big move. They're they're looking for the move that's going to get them right back where they're supposed to be, right? And I say supposed to be in air quotes. And so that's what the challenge, I believe, is because there's everyone's going to be looking for the move. But as you mentioned, the move might not be really there until they make some counter moves.
3: And, and they do have some. There's options, and I know you know people have gotten used to fiddling around with the salary cap the last couple of years and uh, being a little bit creative with their roster management throughout the season. And there are some guys that are injured right now that, you know, may start the season on potentially long-term IR and that would be able, that would enable them to clear up a little bit of space, but that doesn't solve the problem long-term. Like I think if they want to, you know, actually add and actually have a roster where they're taking on more guys and, and building the team that they think they need to take the next step, uh, I don't know if it's, you know, the best, you know, it's in the best interest of the team to build the team that way of, Hey, let's just add everyone and then keep some guys on IR for the season. Right, right. I, I know they've experimented with it. They played with it a little bit, but I think actually fixing their salary cap issue for right now is probably better, not only for this year, but also for the next couple of years in terms of building a roster where you're more comfortable uh, with some of these guys. I don't have a problem with the fact that they play around with the salary cap. I actually like that. Like right. find a loophole. Gymnastics. I'm all about it, <laughs> right. for sure. But right. It will save, I think, a lot of aggravation to get to a point where you don't have to, not not worry about that because I think that is part of their strategy of of kind of playing around, but to not have to freak out every single day about it probably beneficial for building the roster the next couple of seasons
1: well you know and then if you're in the front office you're, you're thinking about like the the long play you're not thinking about just the short play and fans of course always are going to think about the short play the oh, immediate let's get it done right now got to go win got to bring in all these players going to turn this thing around immediately but then hey what's the long play and that's what the front office especially as i mentioned Brand-new head coach brought to town. So uh, I believe the long play is what they're really working on, and that is what's going to be probably frustrating for VGK fans.
3: Yeah, and a couple of of guys that are not going to be out there uh, on the market Mm. that we thought might be. Uh, If you look around the division, Evander Kane does re-sign with Edmonton. Uh, So he's back in the mix there, and uh, as as they try to make another run at things, it looks like Johnny Goudreau will be out there. I don't think he's a guy that uh, necessarily – uh, is is going to be in the mix uh for the golden Knights although they, I'm sure they want Kadri and uh, everyone else that they could possibly get uh but there there is going to be some some guys out there on the market uh getting malkin yesterday uh did resign uh back in Pittsburgh late uh so that's not going to be out there but there's there's guys there's definitely guys available that I think would help <laughs> uh to continue to build what they want to build here and uh to kind of take them to the next level so I I I do think it's worth watching. You know, we had uh, Darren Millard on yesterday in the afternoon and Mm -hmm. asked him, "Hey, is this a situation this year where Golden Knights fans can, you know, take a nap today and just say, you know what, probably not going to be involved in the first couple hours of free agency? Let's take a nap. Let's uh, let's wait until tomorrow, the next day, to where the Golden Knights might start to get involved, kind of in that second wave, which remember is kind of what the Raiders did, right? Uh, And I think that's you know that's something to keep in mind. Like, don't freak out if it's you know, as we said, 9 a.m. is when this kind of opens. We'll, we'll hear some rumors before that. But uh, at 9 a.m., it's, it's 9.03. The Knights haven't done anything. Right, right. Wake up. Yeah. Wake
1: up. What are you doing?
3: It's, what are it's, you doing? It's it's exactly <laughs> what we heard the Raiders, remember? And right, right. I, exactly. You know, I, again, going back, I was of the opinion that the Raiders should kind of rebuild and, and right, take advantage yeah, of right that. now yep. to say, hey, look, the division is great, but the division in two years is not going to probably be that great. Mm-hmm. With, you know, Russell Wilson getting older and affecting their cap, with Herbert having to sign a new deal and affecting their cap as well. Like, rebuild for two years from now. And, right. and I thought after a couple of days with the Raiders, okay, that's what they're doing. They're not going to be involved in this. They're not going to mm-hmm. make a big splash. And then, like, 48 hours later, oh, boy, they've <laughs> completely reshaped the roster. And here comes the train. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, you know, don't freak out if it's, if it's 25 minutes into free agency and the Golden Knights haven't done anything. I think there's going to be uh, some movement Maybe it's not the movement that you want for today, uh, but I think they're going to do some uh, some reshuffling of the deck a little bit and uh, create a little bit of space to make some moves over the next couple of days. And also, like, certain guys, as good as they are and as much as they're maybe endearing to the fans and that people love they might not fit what a new coaching staff wants.
1: That's the, the, the key right
3: there. They might be a good player and you say, Hey, yes. that guy's really good. Yes, but right. he doesn't fit necessarily in a system. And we see that in football all the time. About to Cer- say, yeah, Certainly we see that in basketball and, and it's oh, the same yeah. in hockey. R- uh, right. So uh, there might be guys that, you know, this staff comes in and uh, people might think, well, this guy definitely is going to be part of the mix. Well, maybe he just doesn't fit their system. He doesn't do what they want to do. And they just don't see the role for him and what they're trying to build here. So, um, again just don't freak out i think that's the uh that's the key uh, and and that's coming from me who freaks out about everything
1: I freaks out of everything yeah <laughs>
3: well, i'll like- tell you
1: it's, it's very how much how how eerily similar is this to the raiders you referenced them earlier and i mean again a new regime you know there's certain guys that don't fit in with what the new regime wants to do and so they're not there even though every fan who knows best uh says that these players need to be there like you know even in the case of, uh, of brian edwards who uh, the raiders ended up trading and everyone why did they trade him obviously they don't, does not do what they want him to do, you know? And so it feels like these two organizations are almost not at a reset moment, but still with the new regime in and new head coach uh, as far as the VGK goes, then obviously uh, that that's the situation that they're in. So it's, it's funny how they're kind of similar to each other right do you, now. Do
3: you remember the four days when Brian Edwards was the key to the season?
1: Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I looked, and I remember how many calls I took. Can't believe this regime just gave up on the guy. Do you understand how much upside he has? To, yeah. And I also heard – you know, and Gruden is the one who who obviously fueled this talking about uh, <laughs> T O and you know and Randy Moss, and so that didn't so that that just resonated in every Raiders fans mind that Brian Edwards was the next coming to T O and Randy Moss. So there you go. And
3: by the way, I actually do think Brian Edwards is incredibly talented, and I he might go out player. and do some things. But again, they had other ideas like uh, Devonte Adams Right. Uh, in the mix, Adams. And, yeah, exactly. and just guys that that did you know fit the system a little bit better than the, the, what they wanted to do. So uh, sometimes. Sometimes there is a master plan behind some of the moves that are made. I guess that's the the bottom line of this. Of uh, especially, you know, the roster is not going to be completed by ten o'clock tonight.
1: No, no, and you know th- the thing is, the key is that you know trying to tell the fan base or any fan base to trust. What the organization is doing and trust what the front office is doing is never an easy thing, especially in the case of a VGK that everyone's used to seeing win and, and be, make a deep run into the playoffs. And so that was a slap in the face uh, this past season, seeing them not make the playoffs. So now it's like drastic changes have to come, and they have to come immediately.
3: Yeah, but I also do think that they know what they're doing. (laughs) This has been one of the most successful runs we've ever seen a sports franchise have in the first, especially in the first couple of years. But really, at any point, this is an incredible run that they're on. I think they know what they're doing. And I know that, you know, we only believe what we saw last and that was not making the playoffs. But I I think there should be some faith that has been earned uh, in what this Organization is going to do. So we'll monitor that again, less than two hours away from the sort of free agency in the NHL. Get you up to date on anything that's going on there. And we'll continue press box on a whatever Wednesday morning, I think. <laughs> I don't know. It's going to be a special one. It's going to be a home game and, and playing against a former team. Gotta handle it the
1: best way possible. And you know, my job is to put our team in the best position to win. And however I can
3: help do that, that's that's what I'm gonna do. Back to the press box summer edition. The voice of the new Carolina Panthers backup quarterback, Baker no
1: Mayfield. Way. <laughs> no way. No <laughs> backup quarterback in his world. No way.
3: Uh Actually, I think, he's, first of all, listen, I, I don't know your feelings on it. I don't think we've had a Baker Mayfield discussion. I think he's a pretty good quarterback. I, I think he's a top 32 quarterback in the world, <laughs> which means he <laughs> should be a starting quarterback in the NFL. I. It doesn't seem like anybody likes him.
1: Right. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It seems like everyone has immediately turned on him or, or jumped on the bandwagon about he's a terrible dude or a terrible quarterback. Let's not forget, this is the guy that also led the Cleveland Browns to a playoff victory. Yeah. The first quarterback that led the Browns to a playoff victory since Vinny Testaverdi. <laughs> There's folks listening to the show right now that never saw Vinny Testaverdi play. Straight up. Yeah. so That's how long it's been. Baker Mayfield's not a bad quarterback. I think I think Carolina's getting an ideal situation right now. You're getting Baker Mayfield. You're getting probably Texas Tech walk-on, Oklahoma walk-on, guy with the chip on his shoulder, guy that's been told, I can't do this, I can't do that. Uh, no, you're not tall enough. No, you're not strong enough. No, you're not accurate enough. No, you're not a an adult enough in the room. Even though we'll go and bring Deshaun Watson in because he's the adult. You know, he's been told all that. He's, he's got his back adult. against. Yeah, he's got his back against the wall. I think that Carolina's in an ideal situation with this one-year deal for Carolina for uh, Baker Mayfield.
3: Well, I think they're in a better situation than they were, you know, three days ago, for sure. four days ago. Agreed. Uh, and and I, I think you're right about a lot of the things that. You know, are going the way of Baker Mayfield. They've kind of already said, "Hey, there's not going to be an extension right now." So it's not like he's going to go get there and just be handed, you know, the starting job for the next couple of years. He's going to have to play his way into consideration, not necessarily there, but somewhere else in the league. Yep. And he's going to have to reprove himself. And I, I, I do think it's fitting. I again, I'm, I'm. Uh, I was going <laughs> to I was going to call myself a Baker Mayfield guy. <laughs> Oh, God. But I'm, I'm not. I just believe in his talent and his ability. Right.
1: Well, I'm a Matt Rule guy. I'll say that. Me too. I'm, I'm a Matt Rule guy, and I've seen him up close and personal when I cover Baylor. Texas. And, uh, you know, I, I think that he's a really good college coach. And I think he has the opportunity to be a good NFL coach, but he's got to prove it. This is year three for Matt Rule. His track history, his track record says year three is always a really good year. Sam Darnold wasn't going to be that guy. So, again, he's given himself a chance with Baker Mayfield.
3: I, I'm, oh man, I, I, you know, in the journalism world, you like to protect sources. So <laughs> <It's like, laughs> I, I, I will say that I got it. I, I had a conversation with um, somebody very connected with Carolina uh, about Sam Darnold a couple weeks ago. And I was expressing the fact that I, uh, like Baker Mayfield, I believe in Sam Darnold okay. and his talent. You watch him throw the ball. He can rip it. The guy has a great arm. And I do think there's there's ability there somewhere. Now, this person laughed at me and believe me they're in a position to know. Right. And said, "Yeah. Like if he were, if it was some kind of a video game where you have to light up <laughs> targets and you know <laughs> score points, right, right. It'd be right. great." Yeah. Said, "But if you watch him at practice, there's often just open guys running all over the place and he has no idea that they're there."
1: Right. So
3: there's something about his ability to read the field or his ability to, you know, pick up his second read or third read or whatever it is about him just hasn't clicked. And yes, he hasn't been in a great setting. He hasn't been in a great situation ever in his career. Hasn't had great talent around him anywhere, but there's just something missing. And I think we've seen that. And I think Baker Mayfield being there. First of all, Baker Mayfield absolutely should be the starter. Now they didn't do him any favors by trading him after minicamp and everything else, and throwing him in there right before training camp, where he barely has time to get prepared before they take the field. But uh, I, I do think this is going to be a good competition. I think it's two players with talent that are both trying to play for a second chance in the NFL, and, and I think that's pretty ideal for where Carolina is as a team trying to rise up. Now I don't think they're going to be, I don't think they're going to be a contender necessarily. No. no. But would could they sneak in the playoffs? Yeah, I think that's possible.
1: I mean, yeah, it, it's definitely possible. But I know for a fact they've got to win more than five games, right? <laughs> that's, yeah. what, that's what they've done the last two seasons. They've won five games. And since Rule's been in Carolina, their quarterback situation has been the worst. I mean, think about all the quarterbacks they've had. Cam Newton, Teddy Bridgewater, Cam Newton again. You know, <laughs> Sam Darnold. You know, now they have Baker Mayfield. I mean, there's all kind of situations. So that's got to get corrected. And Sam Darnold, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't he the guy that was seeing ghosts when he was back with yes. uh, with the Jets? I mean, so yeah, yeah, there's a little there's a little bit of a disconnect there. I mean, some guys they get it, some guys it clicks, and some guys it just doesn't. And again, like you mentioned, I think he's got great arm talent. I just don't think he's an NFL quarterback as far as a guy that's going to go and uh, and win you some games. The <laughs> wife's rolling out the house right now. She just rolled by me and gave me the eye roll like you're always working, you're always working. There she goes.
3: He he <laughs> never should have said that ghost thing.
1: <laughs> right. Ever. That just that went back to that went back to that's always gonna haunt him that and uh that, that ghost comment did was you, terrible. By the way,
3: did you say haunts on purpose? Was that... I,
1: I didn't okay. I didn't that, uh, that was good wordplay on accident. It was
3: good. Good solid work. <laughs> uh and, and look I'm I'm always an advocate for guys like being truthful and being honest and being open when they're when they're talking to the media or talking to in interviews and that sort of thing. But sometimes this is why they don't. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're holding this against him years later. Years later. And by right. the way, I just got outraged by your rundown of Carolina quarterbacks.
1: <laughs> I'm just
3: saying. What? No, what a slap in the face to P.J. Walker, the great P.J. Walker. Hey, you know
1: what? I did slip and I did uh, just kind of overlook P.J. Walker, the great P.J. Walker that played uh, in Temple. Wasn't he a Temple <laughs> quarterback? that yeah, I think, that he I think went to with that rule. Yeah, he was with Rule. That's why that Rule, look, the one thing I know about Matt Rule and you do as well, he likes to align himself with people that he knows. I yeah. mean, if you look at the roster, if you look at the coaching staff, those are all guys that have been with Matt Rule at some point in in uh in their stage of life, either in college as a as a player or on the coaching staff. Matt Rule likes to surround himself with a
3: bunch of people that he knows. Uh I don't know about this uh, listen, I know a lot of regional weird places. But everybody was all fired up about Bojangles yesterday. Are you familiar with this place? I am not, but I've,
1: I've, I've heard. This the only thing I've heard is that it's really good, but I don't know why, right? I mean, that's, I, I have to plead my ignorance on that. I is, is, have no Jared
3: idea. A, is Jared a Bojangles guy?
0: Oh, no, 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 okay. no, 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 no. But what I was going to say is, Hugh, you're, you're, you're a worldly man. Give us your top three chicken places. <laughs> wow. So basically,
1: you're a black dude who likes chicken. That's
3: where I thought he was going. <laughs>
1: It was National Fried Chicken Day the other day, and they came into the, the radio station, and I wasn't there, and so it was like, "Q, you missed the chicken." I was like, "Okay." And you know who got it? Damon, the other black dude, of course.
0: <laughs> I did. I totally like.
1: <laughs> Jared's like, "Wow."
0: I'm as
3: bad.
1: I'm as red as your shirt, Q. <laughs> it's
3: bad that I thought it right away too. I was like, "What do you do? What is this? You can't do this." Oh, I just. What's I, wrong with you?
1: Jared's my guy. Hey, remember, remember at the Super Bowl, Jared's the black man with the uh, with the tan jacket on that stole my backpack.
3: Yeah, that's a good point. That a, so <laughs> that is a fair point.
1: Jared, Jared has many different roles in life, including. Oh, we got the guy Q We got the guy. Oh, who is it? Oh, it's a black man with a tan jacket. I said, I don't know who you're talking about. Yeah, look on the video. That's definitely not a black man. That's Jared.
3: <laughs> that was the most street cred Jared a, ever had. Uh, that is
0: a blonde Jewish man. <laughs>
3: So, I, was, I, I don't know even how we got here, but I was uh, referencing the fact that Baker Mayfield tried to, this, this is why people probably don't like Baker Mayfield, because he is a great actor, by the way. He's so good in commercials. He should just quit football and go, go to commercials full time. But he, his first press conference, he's just like, I'm looking forward to Bojangles. No, you're not. <laughs> you're saying this to try to ingratiate yourself to the people of right. Carolina. Stop.
1: That's like uh who who did who was it uh oh, man coach uh oh man coach from Notre Dame that oh, went to yeah. LSU I mean oh, Brian God. Kelly Yeah
3: Brian Kelly when Yo, he started I'm, I'm happy to be here with y'all like, <laughs> who are you Right I- who is this cat Who is this cat <laughs>
0: Jim- Family Jim Lareniego all of a sudden became Jim Larian Yeah. <laughs> Whatever he went to Miami.
3: The accent mark over there. Yeah, 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 sure. Yeah, in it's, it's just stop. Stop trying to play to the people in your new place. Right. Just be you.
1: Exactly. Simple as that. Yeah. No, uh, I, I'm not. Like I said, I don't know. Uh, I've never had uh, any kind of chicken from Bojangles, but uh, I have had chicken in multiple locations. Uh, I will say that uh, Nashville, I I did. Everyone told me when I went to Nashville for the draft, they're like, here, you got to have some Nashville hot chicken. I was like, okay. So I went and I was like, this is just chicken and it's hot. So it, it wasn't anything fancy but it was there so I had it because everyone told me I had to so it was that
3: it was there okay well that's yeah. I mean that's a good reason as any to try food I suppose <laughs> uh let's let's steer it back let's get into some more hardcore breakdown like some nuts and bolts of football more than just Baker Mayfield and his Bojangles fake addiction or obsession whatever he's doing <laughs> Ben Brown next.
0: And if Tom called you, it might be tough to say no. What would be your response (laughs) if that happens? You know, Drew is number
3: one football agent out there. He loves anything that has to do with with the NFL and loves to see his players always be playing. But uh, no, I I would answer obviously. You know, I would obviously answer the greatest quarterback of all times and ask him how he's doing and tell him I'm doing good. But uh, I wouldn't go back to football now.
1: All of the sun, none of the fun on the
3: Press Box Summer Edition. I'm so over this. He's so playing. He's so playing. This is this is driving me nuts the more he's saying he's not playing. I'm still going back to the barbershop video. He said he's gonna play around, he's gonna pretend like he's not playing, he's gonna make Tom sweat, and then he's gonna come back. He's playing. Let's 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 just get over it with Gronkowski there. Um We'll see. Maybe he'll enjoy his retirement. Who knows? He's a different breed, but I think he's definitely going to play. Uh, ben Brown, you can follow him on Twitter, at PFF underscore Ben Brown. Follow his stuff up at Pro Football Focus. How you doing, sir? I'm doing I'm
2: doing well. I definitely agree with you. I think, you know, R- Gronkowski is a different breed, but I would expect to see him back in uniform in 2022 as well. So I'm definitely with you on that one. That's for sure.
3: What I mean, how important would he be to them at this point in his career?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think – uh, he definitely would matter, right? Especially given the, you know, the state of their wide receiver unit, you know, obviously Mike Evans, uh, ability to win, especially deep, uh, is needed, but Gronk kind of, uh, you know, opened up some things underneath, especially over the middle of the football field. If Chris Godwin isn't necessarily all the way back from his injury, I do think, um, early on, especially Gronk would be a pretty big benefit to that passing offense. So so we'll see. I do think he would definitely be the number three option, which uh, you know is a step up from where he was at last year with Antonio Brown in the fold. But uh, they need somebody to win on short depth of target type throws. And I do think you know the security blanket that Gronkowski provided to Tom Brady for so many years uh, would kind of be a seamless fit for them again in twenty twenty two.
1: Ben, we were talking about Baker Mayfield in the last segment and uh, now he's in Carolina. I'll, we all expect him to be the starter for good reason. But what do you think he brings to that that uh that organization as far as that that uh you know, that offense and his wide receivers that he has, particularly Robbie Anderson, how quickly do you think he can get on the same page with each other?
2: Yeah, definitely. I do think, you know, at least from a schematic fit with what he was Uh, you know, asked to do in Cleveland. I do think that it's probably uh, not as great of a fit for his particular strengths. But I do think, like you said, the receiving unit, uh, you know, guys like DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, to a lesser extent, they still have Terrace Marshall as well, who didn't necessarily have the breakout as a rookie as a lot of people expected. But I think that's a pretty talented receiving unit. Once you have Christian McCaffrey back as well, Uh, a lot of options for Baker Mayfield. I do think that he can definitely have some success. I do think, like you said, Robbie Anderson, uh, and his ability to actually separate downfield should help Baker Mayfield quite a bit, and I do think he can return closer to you know where we had him graded at, uh, as from a PFF perspective, kind of a top ten quarterback in that 2020 season, probably as one really decent season in the NFL. So I think moving on from the injury situations that he experienced last year, uh, I think he's going to have some success in Carolina. I do think that they're going to be at least relevant, uh, you know, as a second. Second team in that NFC South division.
3: So we're not we're not believing Robbie Anderson's weird retirement tweet either. <laughs>
2: I don't think so. I I think he I, he was already backpedaling a little bit on you know some of the Instagram posts screaming no when they talked about Baker Mayfield potentially being in Carolina. So I think things will be smoothed over. Um, you know, obviously Robbie Anderson still has some sort of you know the initial connection to college days with Matt Rule. So I do think they kind of get along pretty well, and I do think you know when all it's said, when it's all said and done, Robbie Anderson should somewhat fall in line and be there uh, as that secondary receiving option that Baker Mayfield needs.
1: Talking to Pro Football Focuses, Ben Brown right now on the Press Box here on ESPN Las Vegas. Wanted to ask you about Christian McCaffrey. Uh, ESPN put out that list the other day about the top ten, and he was number seven, and regardless, whatever, he's missed so many games. How critical is it going to be for Christian McCaffrey to be healthy and be very active in the offense? Because the last time Mayfield was successful and led the Browns to the playoffs, he had a heavy dose of the run game.
2: Right, definitely, and I, I think that is you know going to be the crux or the key to that Carolina Panthers offense because you know Chris McCaffrey as as good as he is between the pack between the tackles rushing the football, he's so dynamic in the passing game, and that does open up so many things when you don't necessarily need uh, a dynamic slot wide receiver because because McCaffrey offers so much of that already. So I think with him back and healthy, uh, it kind of sets up for you know one of the better go position units that Baker Mayfield's had to deal with, right? He's always kind of had the running back position set, but hasn't necessarily had uh, uh, really a lot of success with some of those wide receivers. Of course, Odell Beckham, really talented wide receiver, obviously wasn't anywhere close to being on the same page or even on the same book as Baker Mayfield was. So we'll see how he gels with, you know, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, and those sorts of things. But I expect expect the offense to be, um, you know, Pretty efficient. My one actual concern, I would say, uh, is the Matt Rule situation, the Ben McAdoo situation. I do think, uh, you know, Baker specifically has uh, definitely taken a step back from an offensive schematic perspective from a guy who's, you know, really good from a play calling per- perspective in Kevin Stefanski, uh, probably a downgrade from that perspective. So we'll see how he actually handles that. We'll see if the chip on his shoulder can kind of carry him through what could be, uh, you know, a less than efficient play calling situation for him.
3: It it says a lot about my life in a probably a negative way uh, that if it's like three in the morning, I'm almost certainly up and I'm almost certainly watching either a PFF podcast on YouTube or combing through charts that you guys put out. Uh, So, uh, you know, I'm certainly a target audience, but I was looking at something that that you guys had uh, and you introduced it by saying. Most of the betting value is gone in the normal futures markets. and I want to start there because it's it's a NFL division finishing position kind of chart that shows the comparison between where you guys kind of project teams in simulations as compared to where their uh, draft position odds are uh, on the betting board. So uh, I think one of those really cool charts that just shows you know the the difference between the market and where the kind of projections have teams. But I want to start with that first premise. at this point, if you want to bet a futures ticket, like this market has been combed through for the most part, right?
2: Right, definitely. And I, and I definitely appreciate you saying that and, and the shout-out as well. But, yeah, we, we've we had these odds since, you know, late February, early March. We've seen teams that, you know, have, have improved dramatically in the offseason, like the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, you know, even, you know, the Dolphins to a lesser extent. Um, those teams have had pretty drastic adjustments to, uh, you know, their division odds. There's Super Bowl odds and those sorts of things. So I do think it's been hammered in a place to a point where you're not finding, uh, you know, a ton of value on any of these traditional markets. And I do think, you know, taking the next step, kind of pricing out some of these other things uh, is definitely the correct approach as we head towards training camp, in my opinion.
3: To be a little bit more specific with the Raiders, it looks like on this chart, you guys don't expect them to necessarily finish in fourth, but the market says they're finishing fourth in the division. <laughs>
2: Exactly, the market, the betting market, is much more um, much more bullish on the fact that the Raiders are going to finish fourth than what our projections are. We actually show show some value on them finishing uh, either second or third in the division. I think uh, a lot of that is, um, you know, the Denver Broncos are a team that we think is probably pretty overrated right now, just based on you know so many new factors and things that need to come together really quickly for them to actually have success in 2022. So. We kind of like the Raiders a little bit, and I do think that lines up at least with, um, you know, some of their spreads uh, that we have right now heading into 2022. Uh, the betting market finds value in them as a team that should be, you know, power ranked close to the 10th or 11th best team in the NFL. The problem, of course, being uh, is that division and then the AFC conference in general, right? Really difficult, um, That and that's the reason why, you know, their strength of schedule uh, is going to be really difficult, and I think that's the reason why, uh, you see their odds probably be a lot longer uh, than what they probably should be in a lot of other situations.
3: It looks like two other teams that you guys think have a better chance uh, of not finishing last than of finishing last, than the market thinks uh, that's not very well phrased. But uh, th- that are going to be better than the market necessarily thinks in their division: Steelers and Texans. And I think the Texans are pretty intriguing. I still, I don't, I don't buy it on Davis Mills. I know what you know. I know what he did last year was more impressive than we thought it would be. I just still I need to see it for another season, but I, I do think this Texans team is doing a pretty good job building a roster.
2: Yeah, definitely, and I and I agree with you, right? And I do think like the the sentiment around the Texans is you know ninety nine to one hundred percent negative, right? So I do think that and everything just been hammered. The only people that are going to be betting the Texans are for the Texans to finish fourth in the division. There's really like no other considerations happening, so you do <laughs> see some uh, you know price discrepancies because there are scenarios where David Mills is pretty good at quarterback, and like you said. Uh, they do have some talent. I mean, Brandon Cooks might be one of the more underrated wide receivers in the NFL, uh, and he continues to produce some of these thousand-yard receiving receiving seasons. And I think, you know, defensively, with Lovie Smith at the helm, uh, they could definitely turn a corner as well. Uh, Derek Stingley is a guy that, you know, PFF was incredibly high on. I do think them going up and actually getting that guy kind of solidifying the back end of that defense uh, could help them. Uh, in what is considered to be, you know, one of the weakest divisions in the NFL. So we could see, you know, it, it doesn't seem like the Titans are all that far away from falling off the wagon. I do think, you know, one Ryan Tannehill-type uh, injury, uh, and the and the Texans are right there battling out with the Jaguars for the second or third best team in the AFC. So it, it, it sounds unlikely, and it is priced as an unlikely situation, but uh, there is enough value to the point where it could happen enough times uh, for it to actually be a
0: profitable bet, in my opinion. Ben Brown from Pro Football Focus is on the press box. Ben, how many wins did Zach Wilson's personal life add to <laughs> the Jets?
2: I mean, it's 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 a lot, right? It's, it's more than we can probably measure statistically really well right now. Uh, I, I don't want to say it's like the first case. Uh, of this sort of thing happening from an NFL player, but it's it's at least the one that we've seen put on blast. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how he responds. But yeah, I think, you know, the the popular tweet was he definitely has that dog in him and it seems like, you know, that's only going to help their season win total. total with more people
1: kind of getting on board with the new york jets maybe not for the best reasons but uh definitely reasons i would say i'm in in. hey look i'm in ben i'm in for multiple reasons uh obviously zach wilson he he he, you know drew all of our attention but i also loved what they did in the draft i mean they you want to talk about stockpilots of talent now i know it's going to take a while to develop and they still have a lot to prove but what did you think of just the, the way they built the roster this past uh this past nfl draft
2: yeah, definitely. I do think, you know, the, the three high draft picks they had in the first round obviously hit my one concern, uh, you know, with kind of the brief hall selection. I do think that was maybe not necessarily a reach, but uh, I'm, I'm a person who really liked Michael Carter, and I do think he could be, you know, a multiple down back at the NFL level. So I would have maybe liked to see them, uh, you know, transition to a different position in that particular draft selection. But outside of that, I thought they filled a ton of needs. I do think, you know, Robert Sala in his second year is going to have a much better Uh, you know, defensive units, especially using some of those draft picks on those defensive positions. So I do think, you know, they're turning the corner. It does come down to Zach Wilson. It does come down to, you know, their wide receivers and their ability to actually make plays. If Garrett Wilson is actually, you know, can be an alpha number one type wide receiver this quickly coming out of college, uh, I do think they can definitely make some noise in the AFC East. And we have them, you know, showing some value on finishing first, second, or third you know, according to that chart. So we like them quite a bit. I do think the Dolphins are a little bit overrated. Mm-hmm. Patriots, uh, depends on what you think there. But I do think the Jets, you know, have some capabilities of maybe finishing second in the AFC East when it's all said and done.
3: Who, who has a better statistical year, Zach Wilson or Tua?
2: I think it's Zach Wilson right now. I, oh. I would actually probably be willing to put money on that, um, you know, as well from a PSF grading perspective. Uh, I, would go, I would go Zach Wilson. There might be some things that, you know, Tua does better – um, you know, maybe from a completion perspective, I do think we're going to see him operate with a low average depth of target, you know, getting Jalen Waddell, getting Tyree Killen's plate and space. And maybe that's where Tua has success. But um, I think a lot of their production is going to have to come yards after the catch. Mike McDonald, you know, kind of manufacturing a lot of those yards after the catch. So, so we'll see. I think Zach Wilson is going to take a pretty decent step here in 2022. And they are a team that, you know, I think is is, is, is at least I don't think it's going to be likely that we see a team make this sort of Cincinnati Bengals type leap whatsoever, but I do think that the Jets are probably uh, my favorite team to mention if that discussion is actually happening.
1: Let me, let me ask you this real quick. Uh, Derek Stingley or Sauce Gardner, who has the better rookie year? I think
2: it's going to be Derek Stingley. Um, I do think he's you know kind of the perfect fit for that Lovey Smith type defense, So I do think he's probably going to have uh, the most success Sauce Gardner uh, we'll see how he actually transitions at the NFL level, but I do think that the Houston Texans were right in selecting Stingley uh, as the first cornerback off the board. and I do think he's going to showcase that here in his
3: rookie season. We'll, we'll find. Out. I I went out on a limb after the combine because I, it's one of those things you talk to players, and I'm pretty much impressed with every single guy I ever talked to. <laughs> and I yep. left the I left the combine, <laughs> and I said the only guy I wasn't impressed with was Stingley.
2: <laughs> really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's. I mean, it'll be. Uh, yeah, that is tough because, I mean, yeah, we just I don't have, like, the personal information whatsoever on it, but that is really good information to, you know, digest and kind of evaluate with. Because if that, if that is the case, and I do trust your judgment, that is definitely a concerning, you know, outlook on Derek Stingley, I would say, early on for sure.
3: Well, the counter would be, who cares? Like, he is the one guy that just didn't care. Right, maybe that's maybe that's yeah. it. He maybe he did really well in his interviews with the teams and said, "What what does it matter when I when I talk to the media or when I'm around guys uh, just kind of socially right. or whatever?" So I, I don't know. You never know with those sorts of things, and uh, I much more uh, like to prefer the uh, the data and uh, looking at the way you guys do things. But that was just one of those things where you left that interview and said, "I don't know about this dude, but we'll find out for <laughs> sure on tape." He looks great, and uh, I know uh, I know you guys like what he was able to do as well. You guys always put out great content, great stuff. Even now, I said. The NFL is an eleven-month season, not a twelve-month season. But even now, you guys are turning out the content. What do you guys well, got coming up?
2: <laughs> oh yeah, we got you know we got a ton of uh, you know um, things coming up for the season specifically. We are going to have a PFF uh, mobile app that's going to offer a lot of things from oh, the betting, no. wow. and, the, and just overall <laughs> analysis wow. perspective. So um, really excited about that. That is in beta testing right now. Should have that done here. Uh, you know, in the next three to four weeks, in time for the season, it's going to offer a lot of. Uh, you know, best bet recommendations from, you know, our simulation, some of our modeling those sorts of things. So uh, definitely excited about that. I've been working pretty hard behind the scenes on making that an actual reality coming up here in 2022.
3: Well, thanks for f- officially ending any social life I've ever had. I appreciate that. I'll be on the app 24 <laughs> hours a day and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you soon. Great stuff as always, man.
2: Thanks guys. Thanks for your support. Have a great show.
3: Of course, follow him up on Twitter at PFF underscore Ben Brown. Don't forget the first bite. It's up on Twitter. Weigh in on your opinions. It has to do with a certain local hockey team. 69187. Start the text with ESPN. Give us your take in 830. If you want to go see Rise Against, tune in right here. We'll let you know how. Watching these players, the stamina, uh, just the pace of the game. Uh, This is a tough game. I mean, to keep up with this pace. And you got to be able to make shots <laughs> so if you're not making shots you're going to be sitting <laughs> over there with the coach so i think this is a tougher era to to be successful in because you need to be able to shoot the basketball and bottom line i mean there's guys that can get to the hole and create opportunities but the guys that shoot the basketball from range are much more valuable in today's game you're listening to the press box summer edition there's so Scottie Pippen acknowledging what we all know. He wouldn't be able to play today. Oh, no. <laughs> that's Woo, shots ex- fired. That's exactly what he's saying there. That's uh, no, fired. I think I think that's a, a very salient point by by Scottie Pippen. Obviously, he could play. He wouldn't be a star, but he, he could play uh, in today's game. We'll get into other guys that have ridiculous opinions about where the game is these days compared to where it used to be uh, in a little bit. But Scotty Pippen was out at Summer League last night. I was out at Summer League last night. Q was out at Summer League last night. Uh, You were enjoying some family time. Yeah, I was hanging out with Little Q,
1: and I don't know why I still call him Little Q because he towers above me. Exactly. But, <laughs> I mean, I guess I guess we just got to roll with it because, uh, you know, it's the whole age thing, and that's what all us uh, all us dads like to do is call our sons a uh, little us, right? So there you go. He's Little Q, and we were there watching the game. And I'll say this, talking about shooting and lack of shooting, and Adam, you were right there on the baseline, man. You were right there up close to personal. The Lakers were getting blown out at one point, and we left at the end of the third quarter. We got to the house and finished watching the game and I said how in the hell did the Lakers catch back up <laughs> because there was a lot of bad shooting going on yeah. in that game the Lakers and the Clippers
3: yeah well you mentioned I was on the baseline I was actually uh, sitting with some dignitaries yesterday and nice. I, I realized something but I didn't realize I've known this I am I'm three years old <laughs> like, there's no question about it we'll get into why I had the not realization but why once again I, I, I was acknowledging that I'm a child because I can't handle anything uh, I think everything's hilarious and funny, even if it's not. Get into that. I don't know if that's a tease. It kind of is. You might want to hear what that story is. So- I want to
1: know why. I want to know why I'm intrigued.
3: <laughs> okay, good. I'm <laughs> glad that you are. Uh, hopefully others, others are as well. It was, I was giggling like it was ridiculously for way too long. For way too long at something that is not giggleable. That wasn't really funny. Just to me. We'll get into that. And so much more. Front page coming up. UNLV football with some big games on the horizon.